What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Lumos. Hello, friends. Welcome back to Shell Cottage Radio. I'm your host, Ezra, a.k.a. Bill, also known as your friendly tech wizard, sorta, and former captain of the Hufflepuff Quidditch team, the flannel wizard, yours truly, me. Please welcome your lovely design witch, the fascination of fourth year, and my wonderful co-host and yours, Lottie, a.k.a. Fleur. Hola! Schön, dass ihr da seid. Willkommen zurück to our little cottage on the outskirts of Tinworth. Come on in. This is the 15th episode of Shell Cottage Radio in which we will discuss Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, Chapter 7, The Sorting Hat. And today we have another very special guest with us. Her Instagram handle says it all. Angelina from Slytherin Reading Room will be our guest host for this episode. Together with her, we're going to dive into a deep chapter discussion. We will skip the beasts and catch up for today and instead want to know more about Angelina and have her sweat through some trivia. But guys, you better enjoy my voice right now. Yeah. Because all is about to change. It's going to change. I am so sorry. I am so sorry. I want to say <laughs> I have I the tech wizard has let you guys down and I apologize. I don't know what happened. It, we didn't record Lottie's audio. We did a whole new setup, and I have no idea. I think I was, you know, God bless Angelina, because yes. she was probably struggling to hear you. Oh, I, yeah. And I thought she could hear you just fine. And it wasn't until after the episode, I was like, oh, my gosh, your mm-hmm. microphone was either on zero or it just wasn't turned on. I have yeah. no... She was hearing you through my microphone. Yes, the whole time. God bless her. Um, so I am really sorry that you're going to hear... Th- if you're joining us for the first time, please go back to other episodes where the, where the quality has been a little yeah. um, a little better. Yes. Because it's about to go downhill right now. <laughs> so anyway, just bear with us and just know that we have talked to Angelina and we said, hey, let's have you back on soon. Oh, so- definitely. Very soon. We owe her that. Yeah, we do. Because you don't get to hear all the little nuances and the little... Yeah. Just know that um, sometimes you might have to adjust your volume a little bit here and there. So we tried our best to save yeah. the episode. We thought we would have to re-record it, but we could save it. So that's all good. Yeah. We'll definitely have Angelina back. We will. We will. Because she was so fun. It was, it, was such a, it was such a good conversation. And it was just really yeah. cool uh, chatting with her. And I really wanted those first feels, that first, you know moment so she was actually our first guest that we did virtually right right yeah. so like through a program that i call Streamyard, and it's it's different so if you guys want to do it in the future we now we know like, it would have been perfect yeah and the fun it part would is, have been perfect the funny part is that she kept saying she was nervous before the episode because she thought oh what if her audio something's wrong or her video doesn't work or yeah. her internet crashes or something Good. and no. now it was us. it was us angelina <laughs> so holy sorry, smokes angelina 
Yeah. Uh, so anyways, God bless her. And she's wonderful. And she's been around since uh, the days of Swish and Flick. And it was really yeah. cool. It was just cool to kind of go back down memory lane a little bit and think yes. back on, on good times. And so just just a wonderful person. And we will have her back on. And uh, yeah. So yeah, I guess with that. Yeah. Without any further ado, we give you Angelina. Yeah. Hello, everyone. I'm so happy to be here. How are you? How are you doing? I'm wonderful. How are you? I am doing fantastic. I'm so pumped that you're here, and I've already complimented you on the Star Wars shirt. The famous Ezra. Oh, oh, I don't, I don't know about that now. We love Star Wars. We love Harry Potter. We love all these different like nerdy fandoms. Mm-hmm. And I always tell people like to embrace their nerddom. You know, like just really embrace it. So. Yes, that's what we're doing. We're just going to talk about how did you kind of find us? I think you listened to Ez before this. Yeah, what's your story behind this? So in 2018, I came across, I was looking for podcasts, and I'll get into how I got into Harry Potter after this if you want, but yeah, looking through random podcasts because I just finished Harry Potter, and I just came upon Swish and Flick, and I picked it because of their logo. Yeah. So I just started listening, and I can't, you know, I think I was a year behind i can't remember how far behind it was but at some point one of the hosts took a maternity leave and ezra filled in for her um as he was um, a close friend of her so i believe yeah. he helped them get started as well yeah so just like lottie you know that's the first time i heard ezra and i have such a long commute to and from work and you know just listen to this podcast and so ezra has this such calming and relaxing voice it was just like when you get out of work, I don't want to listen to music. It's like, let me just listen yeah. to this podcast, you know. And then I think he was there for about a month maybe. But then, so I was like, well, let me, you know, I started following him to see, you know, just because, um, you know, I saw he did a uh, Star Wars podcast, Hyperspace. Yep. I even tried to read Lord of the Rings so I could uh, uh, <laughs> follow that podcast. I signed up uh, for Facebook. I got three chapters in. I was like, I can't do it. <laughs> It's a lot. It is a lot. It's very different. So, um, but I was like, you know, I like Star Wars. Let me just listen to this. You know, when I was caught up with the other podcast, I would switch over. and um, Yeah. So, yeah. And then it was funny because as soon as other people would come across um, him on the Swish and Flick, you would see it on Facebook like, oh, my God, who's Ezra? Look at his voice. is so wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, right. <laughs> is he cute? Uh, what does he look like? And it was just oh my god! No, we just kept seeing that. Like as soon as anybody was, came across his part, everybody was on Facebook going crazy. I I think they started to block those. I used to get messages from the host like, "Oh my god!" Like the, a thread has started again. And I'm like, "What are you talking about?" And I I'll never forget. I got in there one because I didn't believe it. I didn't believe it. I got in there and I was like, "Because you don't really think much about your own voice. You're sort of like, oh whatever." Yeah. I I because I've always loved to talk and sing and do you know yeah. funny things, tell stories or whatever. And after getting feedback, I'm like, God, I was born to do radio. I would love to go really and do some, you know, some some solid podcasting, radio, whatever. And seeing those was was really cool and really funny. And everyone was really super chipper. I think it was also the the idea. People are like, he's a Hufflepuff, and I was yeah. like, let's go. Hufflepuffs need more love. I mean, flat out. So yeah, and then this is might be too much, but I had to get a wisdom tooth pulled out last year, yeah. and I was so nervous. I went back to the, one of the recordings and I was like, let me listen to this while I get my wisdom tooth pulled just to like have his yeah. calm voice while I was being tortured. <laughs> that is unreal. Oh my gosh. You are make, you're just making my day over here, Angelina. I'm just like, wow. I did. Cause I, you know, I, I, uh, 
from afar, you know, just people who follow and you go back, you check their profiles, you're looking mm -hmm. around stuff. It's so interesting. And people who live all over uh, the world or, or wherever, and it's just fascinating that there's this common thread of, you know, we, we love this thing. Mm -hmm. And then we get to kind of connect over that. And it just is really cool. And I've always got really good vibes uh, from you and from other people who follow from that project specifically. Mm -hmm. Because Harry Potter is a, I don't know, there's something about being a Potterhead that's really, yeah. they're good people. Yes. Right? So. Good community. Lottie, what year were you listening to when you came across? Because I know I heard a little bit in the first, when you first heard his, his voice on the podcast. That was actually in 2020. 2020. Oh. Oh, yeah, wow. like mid-2020 when I was um, doing my master's program. Yeah. And also, like you said, it's it's often we have this in common where we have something that we don't necessarily like to do. And same thing, I tried to do my master's program, write my thesis, oh, yes. and yes. I would have a long, so I would take my bike to get to volleyball practice. And every time it was like a long bike ride. And then one day I remember I was in the kitchen when they had Ezra on the podcast. And I was like, wow, who is this? <laughs> Wild. That is just what, well, see, I think what it is too, um, we've actually joked, Angelina, about doing like sleep podcast or yeah. things that, like really put you to sleep. Because I always make the joke as a teacher that I'm like, I didn't know I had this power until I started teaching. And I'm in a classroom uh, teaching English. We're going over Romeo and Juliet. Oh, I wow. put almost the entire class to sleep straight up just was like and it was one of those days where I wanted to you know I didn't want to like I mean that sounds bad as a teacher but I was sort of like yeah. you know what let's just lull these kids and it's it was a Friday it was like late I'm like we all need to calm down so yeah. you put on the monotone and you just start lecturing about Shakespeare and the kids were out and I was like you know what I could do something with that uh because then you also like on different days you can conjure them up get them all fired up and everything and they're all good to go. And the more I thought, cause that's really how I got into podcasting was I was doing a podcast called rebel watch, which is, was a yeah. star Wars podcast. And my friends were like, Hey, how do you do that? What's, what's the whole deal. And then, but you know, prior to that, I was like, it was my students who I could see the reaction to my storytelling because they didn't get it. Like when I would retell Romeo and Juliet to them, they were like, we get it. Like you could simplify it. You could put it in your own words. And I don't know, put your spin on it. And it was, it was good. And I always liked telling stories. So I was like, well, you know what, maybe I'll figure out a way to do that with star Wars. And then swish and flick came around. It was wild, you know, and I have to thank them. We, I think our first episode, we gave them a huge shout out in our very first episode yes, of this episode. Yeah. 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 Because I was like, uh, Tiffany up there has been my friend for so long, played softball with my sister, just had a, a beautiful baby as well. Uh, yeah. I should be thanking Alana every day that she was a boy. Yeah, she was one. I, so it's just really cool. And I've always wanted to give them a lot of credit because, you know, as much as, you know, setting up the microphones and the technology is whatever, but they went on there and did something that was like magical. And I always said to my other friends or buddies or people who were a little down on them or a little jelly because <laughs> of their success and stuff. I'm yeah. like, this is these are four women who went on there and are just owning. And I love it. I absolutely love their spirit and their energy. And I've always pushed for that. And it was, I guess it felt really good to get some good energy back. People are like, you know what, that guy, you know, fits fits their vibe and was really chill uh, and then came and listened to my project. So I'm always like super blessed that I had that opportunity because they are huge. They're big. and I love it. Oh, wow. All right. I mean, enough about us. Yeah. I want to know more about you, Angelina. Oh, yeah. Tell us more about your relationship really with the wizarding world. And also, you have a little bookstagram account. Yeah, it's about a year old, January 2021. But um, so 
six years ago, if you would have told me I would be a Harry Potter fan, let alone be on a Harry Potter podcast, I would have said, you're nuts. Um, yeah. In 2016, my sister, who had always been a big fan and I'd always teased her, wanted to go to Universal Studios for her birthday to go to the Wizarding World. So we all went and I spent the whole day. They have a Hogsmeade out there. Yeah. And I spent the whole day asking dumb questions like, what's a Hufflepuff? What's a hippogriff? Why is nobody concerned these kids are drinking beers? You know, it, <laughs> it was like, so dumb. <laughs> so a few months later, I said, okay, let me give it a shot. And I watched the movie. And so I liked it. And um, a couple months later, January, it started 2017. I got the first book and I was like hooked like a chapter in and it was so small. I was trying to drag it out and like just from there, just like fell in love. But, you know, yeah. it's like 2017, like 20 years after everybody else has been obsessing over it. So it was just like a new obsession. I would run around work and talk about it. And everybody was like, sit down, leave us alone. I don't know what <laughs> about. But um, one of my friends at work, um, she was gifted a Harry Potter wand and she wasn't even into Harry Potter. So I had stepped away from my desk one day and um, she left it on my chair and I ran over so excited. I was like, oh, the wand chooses the wizard and laughing. And she was like, you are so goofy. But right. So from that point on, I would um, read a book, then watch the movie all the way through. And then um, all the way till, I think it took me about a year because I was doing my master's as well. So I finished April 2018. And then after that, I found the Swish and Flick podcast in May and just continued the obsession. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what, I, I when you get into something new or whatever, because yeah. uh, I did, I mean, I've been a fan of Star Wars for years and I, I loved it or whatever, but then you go away from stuff or you come back to it. So yeah. I guess e even in a similar vein there, like I, when I got older and you get that big commute, you're like, okay, audiobooks, podcasts, what am I going to do? Yeah. And I started listening to star Wars podcasts back in the day. And you just get a whole nother experience. Like you said, if you're at work and you can't really chat with folks about that topic because they're like that, what do you, you know, <laughs> I, I don't know people. That's why I said earlier, like embrace your nerddom and people are more, more now and now it, these days but it's like i don't know i feel like at work i couldn't really talk to anybody about the stuff mm -hmm. i love so i'm like okay i'm gonna turn to podcasting i'm just gonna yeah. talk to a mic a computer screen and we'll just kind of go from there <laughs> yeah there was so. a few people at work who were you know obsessed but they'd been already into it for 20 years and i was just like probably too excited so it was this felt like mm. and then so as i watched the movies and read the books i would be text my sister like just goofy questions and then she would post them on Facebook, you know, things Angelina says and just, yeah. you know, like, what's the house philosophies? What's, you know, just everything. Yeah. It was funny to save all those. So for the whole year, it was just like, a, it was just a fun thing just to, I know. And now she's like, you're a bigger nerd than me about it. Which is awesome. That's the thing. You you get into it. Um, I had a, sorry, I mean, we're like going down Story City here, but sure. I had a friend and I'll throw this out as a recommendation. Her name is Laura Kelly. And the name of the podcast is Force Toast. They're like mm -hmm. Force Toast podcast. She, I think, started watching Star Wars um, like when Rebels came out, Star Wars Rebels. And it was so, you know, not that long ago and got into the fan. She now is like a Star Wars trivia champion and yeah. is on a lot of different like crazy big, big YouTube channels where hundreds of thousands of people are watching her. And I met, you know, I, I luckily got to like bring her on my small Rebel Watch podcast when she first started out. And she's just taken off. You thought you get so passionate about it. You're like, I want to yeah. know everything about this topic. I, lo I love that, you know, those stories, they inspire. It doesn't matter what age you are. I think it's great if people say, like, I, I want to talk. I want to know more about it. I want to talk about it. And you started your Bookstagram account. You want to talk about books. You want to review them. And I think, yes, go ahead. And, and, you know, like, we live in an age where 
we can do those things and we can connect to people no matter where they live we can connect through the internet and and find you know people who are like-minded like just like your friend and just like you share your passion with others i love that since we're talking about your bookstagram account angelina what's your house slytherin oh boy i love it Oh, but you know, this is actually great, Angelina, because I was just talking in the last episode about like our, um, our friend who's a lawyer and, uh, who, who is a, a Slytherin. And it's like, I want more Slytherin friends. Yeah. It's crazy. But I feel like having a Slytherin friend is a good thing. Like they got your back sort of, um, they're willing to go out there and if they need to, like you can count on them to just like those Gryffindors would get out there and, and, you know, be brave and stand up to whatever. The Slytherins are not afraid to back down and tell you what's up. I think it's cool. And I watched the movie. The first movie, I just was a self-declared Slytherin. But then I went on Pottermore and became an official Slytherin. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I think I was also probably a self-declared Hufflepuff back, way back in the day watching it and stuff. And I was like, yeah, I'm just really... You know, and then when you go to take it the first time, it is so cool because you're like, I better get it. And yeah. when you really do get it and, and you're like, OK, I didn't actually have to go back and retake anything, nothing yeah. like that. I legitimately am in that house. It felt so good. Since you're a Hufflepuff and a Slytherin, I'm excited to talk to you guys about those two houses because they're the most like underrated or let's say misrepresented houses in the series, I think. So mm-hmm. I clarify some of that in the extendable year edition if you get a chance. Oh, yeah to that yeah absolutely that'd be fun because they are you know it's like we'll, we'll talk about it later but i mean we don't we don't get enough love and i just want actually i have to say hufflepuff has been getting quite a bit of love from fantastic Beasts series and yes. stuff like that. But we'll talk about that later but i i uh, am very happy they did that and that, hey maybe there's a future for a slytherin you know main character uh, down the line i hope so Okay, Angelina, I have some other questions for you before we start with the chapter sure uh, do you have a favorite book or movie so I always say the first book is my favorite just because that's what got me into Harry Potter and started my love of this series. But I think I do like uh, Prisoner Azkaban as being probably my favorite movie. Yes, good choice. Lottie loves that one. Because yeah. you think it is almost over, yeah. but it's you're only halfway through because now we're going back in time and uh, we have this whole mission with Buckbeak and everything. Yep. I agree. And it's beautiful because you have pumpkin patches and fall vibes. And- yeah. yeah, let's be honest, though. It's <laughs> Professor Lupin, okay? <laughs> Shit, don't tell anybody. It's just all about all about Lupin. Yeah. Uh, no, that, that one's a good... I actually like that one quite a bit. Because for me, I, I always say Goblet of Fire, but it's something about like going from prisoner into Goblet that I'm like, I just love that whole yeah. those two back-to-back. You really get a lot of momentum going into order, and you're like, geez, this is... Mm-hmm. It really picks up. Okay. Um, do you also have a favorite character of the series? I do, and it's a bit controversial. Oh. Snape? Snape. I can understand totally why people love him so much. Well, I think, though, as Angelina said, there are some people who get kind of... Really do not like him. Right. Touchy about... Uh, his treatment, the behavior, they get yeah. real into the specifics, which is yeah. the crazy thing. I bring it up with like Vernon and Petunia all the time. It's like, all right, yes, terrible, abusive stuff, uh, you know, is going down. But at the same time, they're written exaggerated in that way. And so like with Snape, yeah. you, you kind of have to, you know, give him a, a few of those moments where it's like, he seems like a bad guy, right? So that way you're yeah. really selling us on this idea that he's not good. Yeah, I mean, so I always like characters who they're mean or seem mean, but underneath they're secretly nice. You know, he comes off as mean, but he loved Lily so much. He's protecting 
Harry and yeah. goes as a double agent and risks his life oh. basically to be with the Death Eaters, but also working with Dumbledore. And he doesn't care that people think he is evil. And he just, you know, when he could just tell the truth and say he's helping out and he's innocent, but he just doesn't do that and just let people think what they want about him, but he still helps them. I think that's why. And then you can see, you know, some scenes when he gets protective of the kids and he's trying to help Draco and he thinks he's getting in too far when we get later on. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, he's always been super interesting. And I think that was the whole, I mean, the threat when you were first reading the series, because uh, I actually watched, I think, the first couple of movies before I read the books or whatever originally. And I do remember, though, at before the last movie came out or the last two, I yeah. was reading through at the same time that they were coming out. It was ready for that final release. And it was like, yeah, everyone was wondering, is he good? What's going on? It, it, like, what's going to happen with Snape? So that was a great sort of line, I think, to have uh, or a plot device throughout the series. And I was so thankful I did wait so long because I didn't have to wait years between books. So right. for some reason, I never like had any spoilers. So I read through, like I had no idea what happened with anything. So I was surprised and no yeah. one told me and I didn't find anything out. So that's um, I was one good thing about waiting a while to read it. Yeah, I, I think my sister like right now, even if she were to well, she's watched the movies, but like even before she had seen all the movies or whatever, she would have been someone who is not like, I don't know, she's not really on social media. She could get through life without having all those spoilers and she could read the books right now and, and get right through and say, wow, that yeah. was that was awesome, which I also love what you know, like when you have little kids. Kids or or I often see this with Star Wars in Episode Five with the whole Vader Luke situation. You know, I'm your father uh, mm -hmm. stuff. You, getting people to have that authentic reaction, they've never seen it. Like it, there's mm -hmm. no reason for them. It's not spoiled for them when you can find that that scenario. I think it's just really really cool to see it happen. And I mean, Snape has some major flaws, just like every other kid. Oh yeah, but he like his sacrifice is huge it's like you said he sacrificed his whole life to this cause and to his protection of lily's son which is part of lily lives in harry and all that stuff. yeah uh, i think it was the other day we were watching uh just a youtube video i think we mentioned this last episode but it was the what if Harry Potter was sorted into Slytherin and w w and had Snape as his head of house or whatever. Like that would have been wild to think about. Yeah, it was like, what if he didn't in the movie, you know, he runs into him in the hallway. But I was like, what if he never ran into Draco in the hallway? Would he know that Slytherin was yeah. not the house and just go with whatever the hat wanted to sort him in? That's a very good question that I asked myself, too. What if he never because the, his decision is based on what he heard from other people's point. He's telling his own son later, like about Slytherin and that it's OK if if, yeah. if you're able to, you know, if that happens. So. All right. My last question, you can answer with the same person, but it doesn't necessarily have to be the same person. The character you identify most with. It's a tough one. So, you know, I was really thinking, it's like, I don't know if I identify with one particular. I just feel like there's little bits of everybody. I love books and going to the library like Hermione and, you know, really focused at school. Yeah. You know, love eating like Ron, snacking, you know, in the group. Yeah. You know, just so I think there's a little bit of everybody I identify with. Well, and that's sort of the thing when you have a cast of characters where you can, uh, like little tidbits of them jump out and you can kind of connect with, it makes them all, that's why like going along through this story, you like bits of Fred and George. Uh, there's mm -hmm. tons of Weasleys to like. Other students to like Luna shows up and some people are like, oh, my gosh, that's me. You know, like they're like that. Yeah. I, I I connect with that girl. That's me at work when talking about here. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so as you go along, when the stakes are high and those people are at risk, it's like, wow, they all kind of matter more because you you 
as the author wrote stuff in there that everybody can kind of see a little bit of themselves in, which I think is genius. Everyone's multifaceted and has different, you know, in different areas we act differently. And yes. it's totally fine to say, okay, with this person, it's never the goal to say, okay, I'm 100% like Luna, but more like, okay, where do I see most overlapping similarities or whatever? So and you're just your own, you know, your own person. Right. And it's like, I, I feel like there are times where there's different aspects are, are more, or I guess even uh, hats that you wear in life when you're at work or when you're at home or when you're the roles that you're in. Because there's sometimes where I'm like, God, I, I wish I could be more like you want to be like Professor McGonagall or like Dumbledore or Professor Lupin when you're, you know, teaching those those kids at school and stuff. I don't know. There's there's just really cool bits about all of them. Yes, exactly. Whatever situation you're in. Yeah, that's awesome. Like, I feel like we got to know you a little better now. But are you ready? guys. Oh, I'm ready. We're super excited because we have some trivia lined up for the stars as they walk the carpet. So, the first question, I think is pretty easy. I think... Oh, are now these about the chapter? Uh, not necessarily. Well, some uh, are. Oh, boy. Alright. Angelina's gonna have to help me with these. We'll see. Okay, guys. Name the four house ghosts. Oh. Oh, okay. Uh, Bloody Baron. Yep, yep. Um, Fat Fair. Friar. Fat Friar. Uh, what's her name? Rowena Ravenclaw. Ravenclaw. Yeah. What is her name? Rowena. Rowena. Almost. Yeah, Rowena uh, Ravenclaw. She's the founder. Oh, that's yeah. Yeah. Is... Oh, the gray lady. No. That works. Yeah. That counts. They call her that, right? Yeah. Do Do you remember her like her name? Uh, I do not remember her name. But yeah, I get. I let gray lady count. Yeah, that counts, right? Okay, because it's her daughter, right, or something? Yeah. Oh, Helena. Yeah. Yeah, and then um, nearly has, ne nearly has Nick, right? Oh yes. Yep. There we go. We were close. All right. Um, second one. How is Minerva McGonagall's hair color described in the book? Black. Yes. There we go. Oh. That's from the chapter, actually. See, I'm so proud of you. I only know because sometimes when like I I'm I'm down here editing, doing something, or I hear Lottie, you know, doing notes around the house, or whatever. I heard her say something, what, black, like, you know, as if, like, her hair is black, like, when you make, yes, I heard you say that, and so I, so I'm glad Angelina knew it, because I was like, I get, it stands out, because you're like, she's going to make that trivia question, now I've, like, cued in, so mm -hmm. you better watch what you're saying, because now I know when you're going to be making a, a trivia question, okay. I mean, we all have this iconic picture of Maggie Smith, Maggie yeah, yeah. God, so, I love her. Hers is more like grayish. I don't know. It's not exactly black. Yeah, yeah. She's a, she's a bit older probably than what maybe yeah. McGonagall is in the... Or just look, yeah. But, I mean, real quick, just a plug for anybody and everybody. If you haven't seen Downton Abbey and had a chance to watch her in that, she is... I never thought I'd be the guy who would be sitting around watching Downton Abbey. <laughs> but I ended up being that guy and I loved it. Next, we'll be talking about Bridgerton. Watch out. Uh -oh. My God. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Okay, good. Okay, okay. Did the sorting hat originally belong to? Godric Gryffindor. She is my expert. Angelina, you're going to have this. We're going to need John Moore. I mean, this is like, I, I now I'm starting to understand uh, when she said earlier, she went and, you know, she was figuring out everything there was to know about the series. I, I didn't know that. It's so hard sometimes to, you know, to come up with questions. Um, so last time we had our friends on and they mm -hmm. love 
Potter, they wouldn't necessarily sometimes, you know, remember little details like that. And I thought, mm -hmm. I'm sure with Angelina, I can get the harder trivia questions out. And That's you are not haven't heard about them. You were not prepared. That was on the spot. That was that was good. I've thought about in the future. I don't know if there's any other Harry Potter podcast that does this. If there is, let me know because I want to go listen to it. Uh, that does like trivia competitions in Harry Potter or whatever. Have you ever gone to the bar and done like um, just bar trivia where they do? I've always wanted to, but they're always like never around me or I think like one time they were near me, but I was at work and I couldn't do it. But yeah, just, those... you know, one day maybe. Yeah, those seem fun. And I just feel like, I don't know if there's a way to kind of create a little competition. That'd be, be fun because yeah. I've been so far. I have not. It's been in. I don't know. You write those questions and I'm just sort of like, I think I would get better. I would know more if I was helping write the questions. And then, I mean, I'm down to have the pressure on me at the same time. I'm pitting out sweating over here. Thank God Ed, Angelina knew what was going on. That's what three weeks of prepping will do. <laughs> yeah. All right. Are we diving in? Yeah. But right before we dive into the chapter, I just want to mention real quick how amazing it is that Angelina remembered it was Neville's birthday. Oh. If you have a chance, definitely go check out her Instagram. Yes, yes. What's her Instagram? Uh, Slytherin Reading Room. Slytherin Reading Room. Uh, she made a little birthday cake for Neville. And we'll put a link in the description because I, I saw I, I saw that and I was like, uh, Lottie showed it to me and I was like, huh? Whose birthday is it? You know, what's going <laughs> And that was so funny. I was like, oh God, shout out to Neville. We, you know, we need to, we should probably, I wonder if there's a Harry Potter birth. Is there like a birthday calendar out there or something? I'm sure somebody's got them. I'm sure right. there is. Because we need to start celebrating them on the show. Because to almost miss that is, that's well, bad on our part. Tomorrow also is a special day. Yeah. yeah, oh, oh, yeah. I'm like, what is today? Yeah. It's like, okay, today's the 30th. Yeah, 31st. Yeah. So Neville's is the 30th. Mm-hmm. And then Harry's is the 31st. Mm -hmm. Holy smoke. How is it that, you know what? Yeah, we need to do a whole special on on Neville, honestly, because he yeah. deserves more. Uh, yes, he was like he's like my second favorite. Oh, well, I, it's, it's a little sidebar here. I, I always hope that when they, there's talks, you know, they might come up with like a TV show or they might do something for, you know, more for Harry Potter. I like hardcore want like a Professor Longbottom something, yeah. you know, just a, just a, a mini series with him. Bring back the original actor. He's down to do it. I mean, it would be fantastic. Shout out to Neville. Yep. <laughs> okay, so let's dive into the summary. You, I read it. I read it last time. This is where we told we told Angelina that there might be some edits, and if you hear us reread a few lines, this is like that behind the scenes moment where people see behind the curtain and they're sort of like, "Wow, love it, I love it." It's like Ez can't read at all. <laughs> Sometimes I, oh my god, in the Lord of the Rings podcast, I do. I just, we don't really edit that one. And I just bulldoze right on through all those tough words. I'm like, let's just go with it. It's what I do for Shakespeare back in school too. So it's like, ah, it's, you know, it's whatever. So you got it, sweetie? You good? Uh, or I guess I'm going to read it. Since none of the parents or older siblings seem to have told any of the poor little first years how they were going to be sorted into their houses, they are left on their own in a tiny broom chamber, all anxious and taking wild guesses about what kind of ceremony awaits them. As if that was not enough, they are also visited by a group of ghosts floating in and out of the chamber. The Fat Friar hopes to see them all in Hufflepuff, because we know Helga would take them all. Finally, the stern-looking teacher comes back and leads the Firsties into the stunning Great Hall with a magical open ceiling. Four big house tables and a teacher's table. It turns out that all they have to do to get sorted is to try on a ruddy old hat. However, this hat reveals some powerful magic. 
Not only does he show his qualities as a singer-songwriter, but he can also look into the students' minds and discover each child's most dominant personality trait and core values. Once Harry's name gets called, the entire room starts muttering and whispering. Is it the Harry Potter? What house will he be in? The Hat has an extremely difficult time deciding. Is he a Slytherin or a Gryffindor? Harry has heard only bad things about Slytherin House so far and simply refuses to mingle with people like Malfoy, Crabbe, and Goyle. The Sorting Hat grants him his wish, and the Gryffindor table throws a little party out of pride to have Potter on their team. After the last couple of students are sorted, the real festivities begin. A whole banquet just appears out of thin air, thanks to some hard-working house elves downstairs, and lively chattering arises. With happy hearts and full bellies, the Gryffindor first years are led by Prefect Percy into their cozy common room and dormitories. Too tired to even talk, the boys fall asleep immediately and Harry drifts into a strange and dark dream involving Professor Quirrell's turban. Thankfully, he doesn't remember one bit of it when he wakes up next morning on his first day of school. It's a scary dream. It's crazy because, you know, the, uh, Lottie spends all the time, like, you know, writing those out or whatever just to give us that good recap. So, because the nice thing about doing these, and we have to kind of um, tell ourselves too, like, sometimes we want to go back and kind of summarize and stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> so we get that summary out of the way and then we just do our big sort of takeaways and, and what do we think um things that stood out things we connect to and all that good stuff the the cool thing about all the different rereads and the thing that i've always found interesting listening to podcasts is that like angelina will have a different connection to the text than like we do and mm -hmm. i i always tell my students the same thing i'm like guys you all have different life experiences come from different backgrounds or whatever so your connections are unique and a story it can connect to a story that we've never heard of and so tell that story and kind of whatever so I just think that's the best part about these things. So mm -hmm. I believe Angelina uh, yes. had some thoughts on the, we're kind of doing thirds, right? We're going to divide it up into thirds. Mm -hmm. I'm interested to hear what Angelina thinks about the first third of this chapter though. Yeah. So as Ezra said, um, I asked to do this chapter and the reason that I love this chapter so much is, you know, this is where it all starts. This is where we learn about Hogwarts, the, the houses. This is where our, our love of everything of the wizard world comes into play. You know, in the movie, my favorite scene is when they pan from the boats up to the castle. You know, it's like beautiful. And so I'm on my second reread. So I haven't read this book in a while. And it's always funny because you see the movie so much. But when you go back to actually read, I forgot they were just like standing on the steps in front of the door. Mm -hmm. the movie, they just show them walking up the stairs. So it's just funny. You know, they're at the door. Professor McGonagall just opens the door and they come on in. And they lead them into this entryway. And so I think, you know, you get that feeling of first day of school, like, you know, high school. You're with these group of kids that you don't know. Someplace new. And, you know, it's just like, it just makes you think of that feeling like nervous. What's it going to be like? Who are my friends going to be? Is anybody going to sit at the lunch table with me? Am I oh. going to like teachers? <laughs> Angelina, can I just real quick, not to interrupt, I want to jump in when yeah. I hear good point. Because <laughs> I literally, school year is about to start. And yeah. and we're talking, this. we're doing this with an interesting timing for us. And that's why when we originally were looking at the, as we did the, uh, you know, week to week uh, read, we'd be real close to the start of the school year here. I have kids who come in and I, they're going to, freshmen are going to show up at high school mm -hmm. and they're literally going to be scared to death yes. of the older students. And it's really well captured here, honestly. Yeah. You know, like they all kind of feel like, what are we supposed to do? Is there going to be a test? Which mm -hmm. literally every single one of our students come into high school thinking you're going to get tested day one. You know, in, in our, our system anyways, we've kind of said, uh, two to three days, we're going to give you like, just welcome, come on in, et cetera. And then we're testing you. You know what I mean? It's just the culture we have right now in our school system. But yeah, they're, they're freaking out about that. But you're right. They're standing outside with this kind of like... um anxiety 
yes, they get shoved into a room while they're waiting. The ghosts all startle them and they're just like taking this all in and right. get led down into the grand hall. Yeah. Like, yeah. All freaking out about a test that they have no idea what's going to happen. You know, yeah. Ron's brothers have told them some kind of painful, yeah. painful test. Uh-huh. Yes. You know, of course, just to torture them and think it's funny, but they all line up and, you know, there's a hat sitting on a stool. Which is crazy. You know yeah. what I mean? Like th- that's what, th- what's so great about this series is that like, there's such odd stuff. Yeah. I think the creativity of like, it's a hat and you're going to put it on and it's going to sort you that in itself is super creative at the time. And it was like, okay, this is a really cool thing. The other bit about the goats are the goats. Oh, there are no, <laughs> hopefully there are no goats running around here in the show. Uh, there are over in Hogsmeade though. Okay. Yeah. So like um, the ghost, Though you imagine if you're like a muggle, well, I'm sorry, if you are in a muggle born home, right? If you're, mm-hmm. if you're from a muggle home, you would be freaking out. I feel like that's not something you might have seen at Diagon Alley, and that's a new thing. So mm-hmm. the other kids, maybe like Ron, they're more, they're more used to it, they've heard about it, they, they believe in ghosts, they get it. But mm-hmm. if you're Harry or Hermione, I mean, that would be now Hermione's read about them, so maybe yeah. more like, oh, look, cool, but I would be. I'm out. I would be like, exactly out the like, door. I'm out the door. I mean, somebody give me, I'd be, I would be, I'd have my wand. I don't know what I could do with it, but I would be trying something. So that part always, cause it goes by. So like the kids do freak out a little bit and they're like astonished by it. But then really, when you think about it in real, t- if you really went to a school like this and you had no idea, mm-hmm. it would freak you the heck out. And you'd be, I mean, I mean, all of it really would be kind of scary, but at that point, and they're friendly ghosts, though. I think after days, you would learn to expect anything, really. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the, now then McGonagall, also, seeing her, she's just, she's awesome. She's very stern, and you know you're at school. Not nurturing. She's like, let's go get in line. Right, right, which is good. I struggle with this as a teacher sometimes. I wish, this is where I said earlier, I wish I were more like McGonagall. I'm more like Lupin, uh, yeah. actually, which... Then when I have to turn into McGonagall, you know, get real. You, they're, you gotta, like, I, you, they're like, well, what's going on? What I, happened to Mr. Kirch? <laughs> He's freaking out. He's freaking out. What's going on? It's like, look, I, you guys are all great. But right now I'm trying I have literally learning target after learning target to get to. And I need you rascals to sit down and, and pay attention. So I do love channeling a McGonagall every once in a while when you need to, because she's intimidating. Yes, for sure. But those always turn out to be my favorite teachers, though, once you get through it. Oh, yeah, it, look, truly it is. And that's the thing is that like I as I've gotten even older as as a teacher, I feel myself being more and more drawn to it's crazy to say this, but like really like a, like a McGonagall straight up. She is she's that's the way to go. And it's really neat throughout the series. I know we're kind of talking a little bit about, you know, I'm going to stretch this out here a little bit and <laughs> think further. But she is she she has those tender moments where you can tell she she care. She actually cares about the kids by saying yeah. Your, your curriculum is important. Your learning is important. Go to classes, do your things. And, but it's, she's across the board, stern and fair with everybody as much as she can be. I mean, yes. she is sending Harry a broom. Okay. She is sending Harry a broom to like build a Quidditch team. That's okay. Yeah. I mean, uh, we did this in to- total. I'm going to, I don't know if there's any other teachers out there listening or anybody who's, who's into education. We were at um, school one time and the way that McGonagall connects to Harry. Mm-hmm. is is really interesting um there is we came into the building and the principal had laid out pictures of all the students 
all the kids in our school, this was like a professional development thing, and said, who is a student that you know um, and that you have, like I, I run the Dungeons and Dragons club. I'm the club master, okay? So I, I do that at school every Thursday. So a lot of those kids, I could say, hey, I know those kids and I could take a batch of them under my wing. And then other teachers were doing the same thing. And when it was done, a really cool experiment was to look and see who was left on the table, who didn't have that teacher, who that, that teacher that didn't feel like they had connected. Like there were some kids that were sitting there and, <laughs> were, you know, the student to teacher ratio is it's one of those things where there's far more students than there are teachers. Yeah. That's why you need coaches and parents and, and community members and and everything, everybody um, school. I mean, the school nurse, the custodian, everybody, you need everybody in there doing their thing. Cause then we brought them in. We said, okay, who can take a picture and make a connection with a kid. Mm-hmm. And so I know we're kind of talking about like teaching and education. It's a little bit, whatever, but my, my connection to this is that Harry needed some of those people like Hagrid and, yeah. And I love later the um, is it the the twins that they get close with um, uh, Trelawney a little bit? Was it the tw- who was it that got close with the? Oh, you mean the Patil twins? Yeah. Don't... Uh, I was thinking of a Fred and George, and I was like, <laughs> Oh no, they don't. Yeah, no, they definitely don't. But I mean, you, the the point is though, everybody has their te- you know that that they make different connections to it and, and things. So. Um, it was just a cool sort of experiment. So I'm, I'm kind of trying to justify McGonagall and giving him that broom. That's what I'm trying to do. Okay. Good God. No, I'm just <laughs> uh, anyway, but no. So we get up through the great hall is awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like anytime I see a picture of it, it's like, oh, I wish I could spend my holidays there. Oh. Um, yeah. So, you know, they're like walking down the middle aisle, all these tables, people staring at you and you're just like, what am I doing? She calls them up alphabetically. Yeah. Stick- old hat on their head, you know, and which would be torturous enough because, you know, maybe not some people don't even know what houses are, what's a good one, what's, oh. you know, they don't know what they want. So they just, you know, go with it. But, um, yeah. So the sorting hat was enchanted by all four founders, whatever their personalities and their ambitions or whatever they wanted for their students, they kind of enchanted the hat. So the students put the hat on and that's how they're chosen. So, you know, you're just sitting there and it was, once you get to your house, you get to run to your table finally. And you're just like, who, yeah. let me do that. Right, um, right, right. Yeah, let me, let me get out of the spotlight for a second, right? <laughs> we went to that uh, table and get some food. So, right. um, but then we also have the hat stalls. Most people it took like a second or two to choose their houses, but anybody over five minutes, the hat was struggling. Yeah, uh, wasn't sure if he should be a Slytherin or Gryffindor. Neville, I think, thought he should be a Hufflepuff, but the hat put him in Gryffindor. That was pretty interesting. That Neville had a conversation with the hat too. The, those hat stalls are really interesting to me. Uh, and I, I think that's that's really, that's really cool. Speaking of the hat, yeah, it doesn't have its song, right? It began to sing. Yeah, so yeah, that, yeah. yeah. Sorry, so yeah, gets on, it puts on the song. At first, it was pretty positive, but then as the years went on, it would like <laughs> one of dangers and you right. Know. I, I just think it's funny because you know you're right. It starts off really really cool and chipper and everything, and then I even love in the film they start talking about uh, Harry. They're always coming in a little bit late, right? And the update is what the sorting hat say, what it have to say or whatever. And it's always, it's wow. It's all gloom and doom right now. <laughs> so the sorting hat belonged to Godric Gryffindor, as we said. Um, but when the four founders wondered how they would sort the students after they were gone, they enchanted it with their combined intelligence. Um, the students would be sorted according to each founder's particular preference in student. And as Ezra said before, the hat would start with the song each year um, and every year it would be different. So one of the things, I, I think the funniest line, by the way, in the, in the songs too, uh, at the very end. So put me on, don't be afraid, and don't get in a flap. 
Yeah. You're in safe hands, though I have none. I just feel like the, the hat is also kind of like a dad trying to make a dad joke or something. <laughs> it's like really bad, you know, because it's just did anybody chuckle? I mean, you know, did anybody laugh at that? I the kids are probably like, OK, it just it feels like the teacher too trying to make a joke in class and no one laughs. And there's maybe yeah. one kid who actually got it. And you're like, all right, his dad tells jokes, too. You know, that's yeah, that's cool. But, but this is where we learn kind of the house philosophies you know you might belong in Gryffindor where dwell the brave at heart mm. their daring nerve chivalry set Gryffindors apart mm-hmm. might belong in Hufflepuff where they are just and loyal those patient Hufflepuffs are true and unafraid of toil wise old Ravenclaw if you've already mind where those of wit and learning will always find their kind or perhaps in Slytherin you'll make your real friends those cunning folks use any means to achieve their ends. So, yeah, this is like when I had asked before, like the house philosophies, I mean, I feel that gives a kind of an idea of what the houses are about. Yeah. Yeah. And then as you go along throughout the series, you learn a little bit more from the heads of houses and um, really when you get later on to even understanding the items that are associated with each house and cool stuff like that. I feel like it, it adds to it's the house's identity. And then you see, the characters in the story and what they put out right in terms of who they are and their members and representatives of that house. It, it just, it makes it, it's what makes the house is super cool actually that they have their own personalities, but yet they're, it's not anything you can really like the sorting hat does, does it as, as Angelina just said right there really well and does sort of point out some really um, that's the foundation, but from there it's so much more complex and there's so many different things that are great about all the houses. So. Yeah. I feel like through the conversation you have with the hat and that's some, something no one else hears, right? It's just you with the hat in your head, basically. And it's almost like a deep conversation with yourself where you ask yourself this question, who do I want to be? What do I value? You know, it's almost like just because someone external answers or gives you the right nudges. Okay, we, we are going to explore all of this in here. Yeah, yeah. I'm pointing at my head. No one can see that in the podcast, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, and I wonder how many students were sorted into houses and were just upset that they were, you know, wanting to be in different houses or maybe being jealous of other students of being in the house they want. You know, how you deal with that, you know, for the whole seven years. Hey, I think that's an actually a very interesting thought because in the series we don't really get so Harry gets his wish he doesn't. He's not a Slytherin. He gets to be in Gryffindor. Mm-hmm. Neville thinks lesser, if you will, of himself. And, you know, this reputation, false reputation, by the way. The yeah. are all losers. He thinks he would fit most in there. And then the, the hat puts him in a house which is, well, some say would be better or cooler. Yeah. yeah. Don't get this with right. Neville where he's, like, super upset. I mean, he struggles because he always feels like... You know, he doesn't really belong there for a while. But we don't really have a scenario where anyone's like, you know, put into a house where they really don't feel like they belong there. So does that, is that just because we don't happen to know anyone in the series? Or is that because the hat really chooses well? Yeah, that's a tough one, right? I mean, because yeah. as you got to know more students, you might find that situation where a kid's like, uh, I was a hat stall, possibly, or something, and went the wrong way. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. All right, cool. So I'm going to dive into is it a, s- s- some of these names. Is it okay if I dive into my 
my bit here. Anything else, Angelina? No, I mean, that's, I think that's it. Um, yeah. Yeah. And as, as I, as I bring up some of these things, you guys fill in any, any, any cool bits that you, that you think are interesting, because again, like the hat, I actually, every time this happens in the, in the film, once the hat come, you know, we got the song and everything, and then you get a lot of these names like Susan Bones. Yeah. Okay? Uh, Terry Boot. Uh, in Ravenclaw. Susan, by the way, Hufflepuff, shout out. There we go. Uh, Mandy, this was one, I don't remember this one. She goes to, to to Ravenclaw. Brocklehurst, I'm over here looking these names up going like, wait a second. I mean, like Terry Boot and, and Susan Bones, you know, we remember or whatever. Lavender Brown, for example, was the first new Gryffindor, which is which is cool. And then you have Millicent, right? Uh, Bullstrode. And then you have Justin uh, Finch Fletchley. Have you seen Angelina? Have you seen the Puffs play by chance? The um... haven't, but I've heard good things. Oh, about pour yourself a glass of wine, uh, get you some cheeses, get you some good food, sit back and relax, and let us know when you do. Send okay. us that message. And as you're as you're watching it, feel free <laughs> to send quotes. Whatever you like, send them our way. Anybody who's listening, by the way, if you do that, feel free to send those in and we will put them on the show. I'll give you a little shout out because I really, really think you can go buy it on Amazon uh, okay. for, for a few bucks or whatever and watch it. It's it's fantastic. Okay. And it is. Yeah, I th I stop right there. And anybody who's watched that play will know why I stopped at the name <laughs> Justin Finch Fletchley. So uh, he's a Hufflepuff and it's a play called Puffs and it's about the Puffs, the Hufflepuffs. And it's just hilarious. So yeah, then as we as we go along, there there's a funny little bit about when you get to Hermione. What did Ron say prior to this? He hoped he was like that Hermione wasn't in. Yeah. His, yeah. On the okay, that's right. Right. Hope he's not in the same house as Hermione. Whatever. <laughs> well, Ron, guess what? Too bad. I don't think it's the same house. <laughs> right. Yeah. Not. Yeah. Yes. Same house and same house later on. Right. I mean, it's like Jay cow, but. They'll be super thankful that she's in Gryffindor. So the hat, the hat is kind of shouting that. Let's and you imagine Harry too standing here. All these names are getting called. They're all going to their houses. People are cheering, clapping. Okay, 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 okay. What do I? His dread is Slytherin and Malfoy and those guys. And he does. He, he we we know nothing at this time about Voldemort or any of the, the other connections and why and the court wand cores and all that kind of stuff. But he's still just kind of wants to be in the right house and he's heard from ron too you know it's also ron's influence as well mm -hmm. um and hagrid that's right who says there was no bad wizard who wasn't in slytherin well at the time he doesn't really know about peter but it yeah. has been other from other houses like yeah and yeah. for sure and I, I i said too that there was this um he had this fear about being sorted into the wrong house, but he also has this fear. A horrible thought had struck him, as horrible thoughts always do when you're very nervous. What if he wasn't chosen at all? Exactly. That would be uh, my Right? It says, sorry, we got a, we got a squib in here. We got a, you know, we got like, so we, we made a mistake. And McGonagall jerks it off and says, ah, you got to get out of here. He's still <laughs> worried about this might be a dream. All of this, like he had that fear uh, when he went to sleep about, was that really real Hagrid showing up and everything? So he is he is definitely freaking out about that. Uh, let's see. Neville Longbottom, right? The boy who kept losing his toad was called. He fell over on his way to the stool. So you just picture that Neville. Would be, that would be me. Right. I just like it's OK. Actually, I, I have that. I, I have that fear sometimes. I, I work with a teacher who he, he teaches in front of the classroom. and He's always walking backwards and he shouldn't be. And he's mm -hmm. always like moving around, bumping into the chalkboard. And the kids are like, he's going to tumble one of these days. And he has like, oh my, I'm just like, you feel bad. For, and then the kids who are 
if you're called down, you're at an assembly or whatever in the gym and you've Mm -hmm. got to run down those bleachers and go out in front of everybody and get your award or whatever at like middle school. How terrifying. What if you trip and stumble? It's just crazy. Sorry. My first year of student teaching every time, you know, especially as a PE teacher where you're even more like sometimes you got to show students and especially when we had like it was time in, in Germany they put a lot of emphasis on gymnastics and this is not what I, you know, was born to do really. I had to work really hard to get through university the gymnastics classes. Yeah. I'm more of a ball person. Like I, you know, love volleyball, basketball, all that stuff. But, and then you're terrified in front of a group. I'm sure like after years of teaching, it's different, but when it's your first year of teaching, because it's, it's not just, oh, you're part of the group and you're just stepping out for a second to do something in front of everybody. And then you go back and hide, can, you know, technically hide in the group again. Yeah. And, and when you're like, you're, when you're like, you know, stumbling all over yourself and you're falling and tripping, I mean, on your shoelaces, yeah. it's hard, it's hard for those kids. to. to... And it's, but it's so human to be nervous. I know. I know. Yeah. yeah. So it's, poor Neville. Poor... I'm so, so glad he gets his arc later on. Oh, thank God. Yeah. That. As Angelina was saying, like it, it's like one of our favorite characters. I mean, that's I think for a lot of people, you root for Neville this whole time. He gets the final points at the end of this to really push him over <laughs> for the House Cup, which is which is awesome. But yeah, he's he gets in Gryffindor, and this is that indication where the hat took a long time to decide with Neville. So, as Angelina was talking about hat stalls and stuff, there's more than we think sometimes, mm-hmm. right? I guess pretty cool. Uh, Malfoy, no problem. Slytherin right away, which is cool. You can imagine with that grin. Eh, I knew it. You know what I mean? This is great. We also get a, a good indication of all the different, you know, kids coming in this year that are in Harry's year or whatever. I'm not so sure this is all of them or whatever, but it's enough that we have quite a few names. Moon, not Parkinson, Perks, Sally Ann, so on. The list goes on, right? There's just there's a bunch of them sort of listed off here, which is good, I think, for the author to do that. There's some world building and, and different things and and whatnot and then we have potter did she say the harry potter the whispers are kind of going around and everything and so the last thing harry saw before the hat dropped over his eyes was the hall full of people craning to get a good look at him now that's interesting right he shows up imagine this is like the chosen one defeats Voldemort, (laughs) and everyone's is he going to be in our house you know like from their perspective and even the professors are like hmm (laughs) (laughs) where are we going to go here but they probably had a better indication knowing his parents and where they were sorted. I mean, sometimes that can be an indication, not all the time. Right. But sometimes you, you adopt a lot of, um, no, you're raised by your parents and their personality and their beliefs and their values and stuff. So, uh, I think the professors probably knew a bit more about the likelihood of them being in Gryffindor. I just imagine Bester McGonagall, not like she's not the one who would jump up and be like, yeah, I got Potter, you know? Right. She would be swelling like, like, yeah, I knew it. Yeah she got potter but she wouldn't show it no no yeah yeah yeah, no uh so um but yeah here we go so again there's this yeah difficult very difficult plenty of courage i see not a bad mind either there's talent goodness yes a thirst to prove yourself now that's interesting where should i put you and we know ultimately goes to gryffindor but it's interesting just to hear the the sorting hat have a bit of trouble and and, and kind of wonder about young harry and where he should go so yeah. I just want to add here that I think this is a glimpse that we at least get when we hear the Sorting Hat um, talking a little bit about Slytherin and how he has really good traits to also fit there. That Slytherin is not all bad, but they have really positive attributes that, that really make them stand out. Mm. 
Slytherin is one, like, yeah, you can say that's not good because he's very selective, but he doesn't take all of them. You know, he really is that person who, who only wants to take, quote, the best. Oh, he said you'd be great. I mean, that's the thing is that you have really, really great wizards that come out Snape and Slughorn. I mean, like the list you could, and there's way more than that, but I mean, so many that will push the, the, I think the limits on magic and potion making and stuff like that. Like they, they'll take it to a place that sometimes and those dark arts a little bit to see what they can't dabble with a little bit, but no, I, I love it. And I think it's really cool. And they, there need, there needs to be more representation for those houses and, and cool characters that we can kind of connect with and stuff. Like I'm looking forward to the Hog, Hogwarts legacy game. Cause there's a character in every house that you're going to be friends with sort of. And it's neat, I think so. But yeah, I want to ask Angelina, like, you know, you're a proud Slytherin, right? So mm -hmm. um, how do you see this whole throughout the series? We don't really get any good characters in Slytherin. We don't get to know any of them, really. Like all of them seem through Harry's eyes, mm -hmm. negative, bad, mean, whatever. How, how is that? Do you feel like um, you've got to defend your house? Or would you say, yeah, I know there's probably some folks that I, I wouldn't even want to hang out with because they seem old. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, anytime you tell people you're Slytherin, they're like, oh, my God. You know, <laughs> like a reaction. But I mean, it's just, you know, you're ambitious. You're determined, you know. So I yep. think those personalities, it's what makes you to be a proud Slytherin. I mean, any any group, there's always going to be bad people. But right. Yeah. Even in Gryffindor. Slughorn, you know, he's a Slytherin. He doesn't seem he's great. Too horrible. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I think he's he's a good teacher, and yeah. he tries to connect with those kids, and he's, he's and right, right. He's he's rewarding them. I know people get on him for Slug Club or whatever, but I'm kind of yeah. like, that's pretty cool. I mean, we're having a little after people who are looking to climb the ladder of success or whatever. He's really trying to make like a network of people yeah. who can now. Then we get behind the curtain a little bit where he's like, uh, he himself secretly sort of like, I want to, I want to, I want to have my, my hand in the pot here with some well, of these. Yeah. So yeah, he's, I, mean, I mean, Snape, the, you know. The characteristics is what makes you proud to be a Slytherin, right. not necessarily a fellow Slytherins and some of their actions. And well, cause I mean, yeah, exactly. Cause if you looked at Peter Pettigrew and you looked at some of the stuff that yeah, was done with him, I mean, come on. Slytherin. <laughs> right, right. We've got we've got Ravenclaws. We've got some Hufflepuffs who, who yeah, they, they do things that they shouldn't do or they make mistakes. And you definitely got to look past the the different characters because I mean we're all it's all coming from Harry's perspective and it's his mm -hmm. house versus all the other houses right. and stuff. So and I love how throughout the fandom, I really feel like when you sometimes you look at posts and people are like, oh yeah, let us know what house you're in. And then I look through the comments and I literally see all four houses shouting out. Yeah, hey, I'm a proud Hufflepuff. Hey, I'm Slytherin, Ravenclaw, Gryffindor. We see them all, and it's more common nowadays, really, to not just say, "Oh yeah, I want to be Gryffindor because they're cool." Um, yeah, yes, just like Angelina. Um, yeah, for a good example that there is not just. You need all those people. That's the thing. You need all the four houses. You need all the different people to to get through life. You need that whole community. I mean, it's yeah, yeah, which is cool. Uh, now. So we get all that just to kind of get through some of this um, here a little bit with Harry. He actually is the one who cheers the loudest for Ron. So he's you forget there's like three or four names after him, you know, classmates or whatever. And Ron gets sorted into Gryffindor and Harry's clapping the loudest because that's his buddy on the train. Yeah. He knew what Ron wanted and he comes and has a seat next to him. So I feel like that was that, that's a pretty cool moment just to see him on the other side relieved and, yeah. and cheering for somebody is like he's in now, uh, yeah. which is. 
and all the professors too. Also, there's that whole bit uh, with the professors looking down. Dumbledore sitting in that in that large chair that's kind of like glowing and stuff. Which I, I as I was reading, I was like, wow, the chair is actually kind of like like uh, radiating energy. Well, that should tell you something about Dumbledore, right? I mean, geez. But um, he goes over the different professors, looking at at, at uh, Professor Quirrell and stuff. So yeah, and then you get the famous words from from Dumbledore here in just a little bit. Nitwit, blubber, oddment, tweak. Thank you. He sat down. I feel like at that point, as much as you know, is is he a bit mad? He asked Percy. Mad? He's a genius. What do those words mean? Have people broken it down? Like, is there theory behind the words that he says there at the beginning? What the heck? I think there's not exactly. I don't know if she wanted to do something later on with it or not. Yeah. I think there is like an exact meaning to it. It's really just like. Yeah. You, I think Dumbledore is supposed to be introduced as this little oddball. Yeah, which is great. <laughs> Who's super powerful? Like that's why you, you kind of get to hear from other people. Yo, he's super powerful. He's this awesome wizard. Um, everyone wants him as the minister and everything. Right. And then he comes off as this. He weird. Joy's like, what's it? Pin pin bowling? What's it called? Pin bowling. This. this uh, bowling. Yeah, he he enjoys music. He enjoys bowling. Sherbert Lemon. Yeah, you know, sweets. A very odd character. Yeah, but at the same time, that makes him approachable. Oh yeah, he doesn't seem. That's true because if he was like this super, he's he's already held in high esteem, and if he acted really differently, he would be. Yeah, I guess it does make him more approachable because he's kind of silly. Yeah, that's maybe just a way to like act silly and maybe calm the students down and yeah, everybody who's nervous about being there. So. Now, I'm not going to be surprised, though, if years later we find out in another, whether it's another uh, book series she writes or if there's another television thing, whatever it might be, if these four words don't come back into play. It, um, it was a idea. secret message the whole time. Yeah. I mean, watch out, friends. You heard it here first. OK. But yeah, I mean, that's, bas that's basically kind of it. A lot more discussion just about uh, the, those different um, the different professors. And then we get to the food, all sorts of awesome food and ghost popping up and running around the table and stuff. The description of it just makes you so hungry doesn't harry try uh because i didn't actually make this connection i think this is we're moving into your bit here the final third of this the treacle tart i love it i love that she mentions like this little bits where she mentions treacle tart i don't know if it's it's just a random choice and then he likes it i don't know if um aunt petunia ever made it can you imagine Could, that have he snuck some from aunt petunia <laughs> i don't know maybe petunia got us from Got, got it from her mom right which would be a connection to lily um and that's why he liked it so much and then it's mentioned again at the end of the chapter where he's like hey ron have you tried the treacle tart and then in like six or five books later in book six we get this connection to um, the love potion in slughorn's class it, it smells different to everybody you know depending on what they love or like and to harry the food aspect he smells is treacle tart. And I just yeah. think it's so mm -hmm. that we get the little connections you can make. And that's why the series is so, you can go back and explore it over and over again and find little things. And then they get into, uh, some of them uh, share their family stories. Yeah, Seamus does a little, doesn't he? Seamus, uh, yeah. Seamus is so funny. I think they did a great job also in the movie. 
movie, how he turns around to different people and loves to tell a story about how his uh, dad discovered that his mom was a witch after they got married. Yeah. Pretty funny. But what really breaks my heart is when Neville tells a story. He just tells it like this is the most normal thing in the world, but like how his uncles, his whole family really thought he wasn't magical enough for, for the longest time. And then he pushed his great uncle, pushed him off the end of Blackpool Pier once, and he nearly drowned. It's crazy. Hanging him out of an upstairs window by the ankles. And then someone came in with some food or something, and he forgot and let him go. And then he finally showed some magic because he found stuff on the ground. But the, I, I don't know if it's a thing, like almost like Hagrid, he gives... Uh, Dudley that pigtail and we discussed it like to him it's not a big deal you just reverse it through magic or whatever but to the muggles it's huge because mm-hmm. it's a permanent change and they have to get it removed surgically and and I feel like because they're magical they feel like oh yeah they have a different kind of protection around them where they fall into water they fall down three stories and nothing really happens right that's serious so where they don't really I don't know they don't have this Mm, caution when it comes to like injuries and stuff and they don't they got they have magical fixes could be yeah because let i mean what if neville actually was a squib and fell down well if he broke broke some bones i mean they have the magical fixes right they they go in there and possibly his parents could grow some bones back maybe they could uh upstairs window he could i mean he could break some serious bones and immediately he'll be fine you know i just think it's heartbreaking the way he I know. He um, d- um, delivers the story to others. It's like, oh, yeah, they just did that to me all the time. Really. Yeah. It just sort of breaks my heart. Well, it's from his perspective, too, because you, you could have that, like, maybe you had somebody else standing out there in the cornfield, and the, and maybe there was more to that story, right? Aunts and uncles were protecting him uh, and, and setting up a situation where, okay, somebody push him out the window. We've got the hover charm ready to go here. But let's see if he bounces. I don't know. I Who knows? I mean, you know. But it is, you're right, for for the longest time, there was so much pressure on him, and he felt so kind of, um, uh, just there's just a lot, and and they didn't know. They didn't know if he... It's also interesting that magic like that can be suppressed. We learned that in the Fantastic Beast series, too, where you can have your magic uh, suppressed, or you could be, if you're punished for it, or you try to hide it, or there's a, a stress can, can keep it down or something, whatever it is, that could be a big thing for... And it is a big thing for Neville. So it is sad. It is sad to hear that. It's, it's well, sad yeah. to kind of hear. One of the things like brings down his confidence in himself because his family is just like, you know, they don't have any confidence in him either. Yeah. He's always putting them down. Right. So, yeah, we learn a little bit about Neville's history and, and why he's always this anxious or, or always has self-doubts and whatever, because we learned that his whole family, like you said, um, doubted him from day one that he even had magic blood and stuff. But they're all well fed. They had a wonderful. Oh day. yeah. Um, they start. It's it's awesome how Harry starts to get this warm and sleepy feeling <sighs> after some good food. Gosh. Uh, and we think like, oh, we'll ease into the end of the night. Uh huh. Sleep. Tuck in. And he just like looks around a little bit. Um, it's really content, I think. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, his eyes wander to the teacher's table. Quirrell. And Snape. he sees, and it, I think it's really well done, how as a reader, you really this entire time, especially as a kid, you're so led to believe it's Snape. 
because Snape always shows up where Quirrell is and always where mm-hmm. something happens. There's Snape, and, and like I said, especially as a kid, you're like, oh yeah, there's definitely something wrong with this character. And there's just little hints that Quirrell is somewhere in the background or he's talking to him or, you know, like next to him or something. And uh, we see Harry, he just sees Professor Cruel in his absurd turban mm-hmm. talking to a teacher with the greasy black hair and a hooked nose and sallow uh, skin. And it happened very suddenly. The hooked nose teacher looked past Quirrell's turban straight into Harry's eyes and a sharp, hot pain shot across the scar on Harry's forehead. And of course we now know. It's because Harry's focus really was, like, is on, on Quirrell uh-huh. and Snape. But we get the impression, because it happens right at the moment he looks into Snape's eyes, and Snape doesn't seem so pleased to see him, or like, you know, has this mixed feelings when he sees Harry and, and looks him into the eyes. And I mean, imagine this moment when this is the first time they make eye contact directly, and Harry, uh, Snape looks and everyone says it, he has Lily's eyes. Yeah. What that must have been for Severus. Right. Yeah, because it said he looks into his eyes. So very specific about that. Not just looks at him or whatever, but looks into his eyes. And so that thought was there a long time in the making, which is which is cool to see. A great moment where where this is much deeper than we now know. Yeah, first not with, what you think. Yes, no, yeah. First, it's you know in this book because of uh, Voldemort uh, being there in Quirrell's head mm-hmm. already. Uh, Harry's first uh, experience with the scar hurting really. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, we've, we yeah we keep hearing about scars and their importance and all those different things. Can you fix it? Can you not? He's, I mean, he old scarhead. There he is, right? He'll get called that later. Um, but he, yeah, they they want to see the scar, and then we're trying to figure out it's it's in importance. It marks him as Harry Potter, and and it's the it's the evidence that people can see. Yeah, he faced the Dark Lord, and then now it's it's aching, and it's got this um throughout the series. It keeps happening. What's it mean? What when it when his scar people I remember people were like talking about it online for a little bit like okay what's what's going on is there you know theories on it and stuff so yeah and he does a good job of just describing like how painful this because you could just imagine like times you've had like the worst headache it's like that's exactly oh. what you think it, it feels like right yeah yeah I do imagine it's that throbbing from right there on the side just above your eye you ever get that pain <laughs> right behind your eye too right or it splits yeah. back across your head it's like oh my god yeah. And it's that connection, part of the horror, the horror in him, really recognizing that Voldemort is there, yeah, nearby, and he makes eye contact with the turban. I mean, it's cool because in a reread, that's exactly what that's the connect. You know, as you go back the second time through, I love when a book has uh, what's I'm gonna make a word rereadability. I don't know, yeah, uh, whatever. So, uh, you know, you you go back and you're like, wow, okay, I'm finding different things and and little things that are connecting and stuff, and even doors that were never opened. You know, I think authors write down, they give themselves avenues to make something of this bit later on. They might not need it, but that's what a good writer does is like, okay, I got I need, I need a device for later on. So you fill these, you have these doorways that we could take somewhere. We never did, but they're there. So even seeing those and thinking about future Potter content is, is kind of fun and neat. So yeah. And then Dumbledore makes some announcements here and there, you know, the typical, beginning of the year don't do magic uh, in between classes on the corridor mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the forest is obviously forbidden and then something new for everyone is that the third floor corridor is definitely taboo it's out, it's out of bounds and i think he makes a little mistake here he shouldn't have said 
you know, if you want to, um, what do you say, um, want to die a very painful death. Right. I feel like. Because the Weasleys are investigating that later, right? The twins are like, we're checking that out tonight. Thanks for going. Right. <laughs> Thank you. you know, like all Thank you, Dumbledore. Bringing up the, blowing up the toilet thing. I'm like, oh, wow, we never thought about that. Right. For bringing it up, Mom. Um, yeah, if you were like, you make kids curious if you say that kind of stuff. And then we get some music at the end of the night. And I think it's just sweet how yeah. Dumbledore says music is just a, a type of magic, really. Yeah. And how much he loves it. And everyone loves music, honestly. And even though I'm the least musical, like, talented person ever. I don't know now. We might have to get Lottie up here and <laughs> get a little solo or going here. Please. Um, <laughs> Just kidding. It's its own kind of magic. And I think I, I always make this strong connection in my head canon magic. Yeah. Strongly connected to creativity. Yeah. And bringing something to life or into the world, into existence that you can imagine make up in your head, you know? Yeah. So um, I love that he... Yeah, art and, you know, art, music, uh, literature, uh, poems, poetry, all that different stuff, right? All that yeah. creativity, that that spirit. I mean, that's, again, you have a creative um, just in, in terms of making the whole series and, and creating all of this and the magic of that alone. And then inside of that, like you said, all these avenues for uh, music. I mean, Tolkien, in, in Tolkien's work, J.R.R. Tolkien, his whole world was created from a musical aspect like it's all the power of music which is that so when i first read this i was sort of well not when i first read it but in, in my reread i've been like wow that's kind of cool you you wonder um if she didn't read you know some tolkien or she didn't think about even in narnia you know some of the ancient powers of of love and sacrifice and and then music and then as as lottie's saying what what's the what ties all this magic together what type of spirit is that or whatever it's just interesting to think about when you're writing something or you're working on a new world and creating it. It's it's a lot uh, to do. And we never feel like it's not. I don't know. I, I, I kind of feel like there's times where you're reading this. and You're like, it could be real. This is this could be kind of real. So yeah. I just think that's fun for kids, especially to, to read and go, dang, be a wizard, could be a witch. Now, I might scare my mom I'm at, to death when that was, that's probably that was her biggest fear when we were reading this was I don't want my son going around thinking he's a, he, he's a wizard. Well, years yeah. later, I'm, I'm a space wizard, mom, and, and she's cool with it. Can I ask you a question, Angelina? Yes. You have kids, right? I don't, but um, I have two nephews who I treat like my kids. So. Oh, okay. So that's super sweet. Yeah, it's almost like, you know, Ezra's uh, nephew and a niece, and, and they're super close, so. Um, yeah, get that. So, uh, do you do they like Harry Potter? Do you ever talk to them about Harry Potter? Is that a thing? They yeah. So I, I think I roped in the younger one into my love and obsession of Harry Potter. Um, yeah. Um, uh, you know I've gotten him a robe. Um, Aww. his birthday is September first, so every year I'm like, well, what's that's... today? He's like, my birthday. I'm like, yes, but also the start of term. And so you know, I've taken him to Universal Studios and. When wow. he comes over, he's always playing with my wands and stuff. So I think I've roped him into it. The older That's one. Awesome. Not... <laughs> that is so cool. We actually talked about it too, like either with uh, niece, our niece and nephew or even with our own kids later on. Uh, when they turn 11, we're going to yeah. have a whole theme birthday party, give them a letter, and we're fly down to Florida. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. And he actually is going to turn 11 on September 1st. So that's pretty. Oh, my. So something special for us. Wow. Yeah, super 
cool. Yeah, please let us know. Yeah. Keep us updated. That's cool. Um, but yeah, he'll come over and like I'll be somewhere else and he'll sneak off into the other room. And I mean, I don't care if he like plays with them, but I'll like peek around. He's like jumping around the house with the one like. I <laughs> <laughs> do it. That is cute. Yeah. So. Yeah, one one um, Halloween, I dressed him up as Harry Potter and got him the glasses and put the little scar on his head and I put my Slytherin robe on and oh I'll, I'll send you a picture. Oh, that's so cool. That is cool. Yeah. yeah. I love when, you know, kids can, they get this awesome story and they can imagine themselves being the little hero of the school. Yeah. Doing some magic and stuff. Yeah. It's a really good story to be, to learn through that, you know, get different characters. Yeah. Different oh, stories. yeah. And different. And um, when he was, authors. yeah younger we had some big book and we would just like pretend to do spells and he would just like say yeah. say some random stuff and we'd like fall asleep or pretend we're doing something he pointed the one at us so yeah he, yeah awesome. he loved it that is pretty awesome now with rachel my niece uh we, we would do that we'd have funny little voices and you know we started with like abracadabra and then from there <laughs> it just turned into i i have recording somewhere of her speaking spells i've never heard of and i'm like that <laughs> actually might be a different language and actually yeah like what did you say yeah so that's cool i love I, yeah kids just getting in i don't know getting immersed in the world it's yeah. it's fantastic to watch them imagine with a wand you know or whatever it is it's just fun to watch them kind of uh play yeah that kind of stuff so yeah do you guys have any wands oh got a Yep, I have a wand. Um, you have a wand as well, right? Did, yeah. I have Denny Weasley's wand. Right. And that's a fun uh-huh. story because uh, we did the whole at Universal. You can have there's a special offer where if you buy if you buy a gift card for three hundred dollars or something, and yes, we spend a little bit of money. We bought those robes. So we're like, oh, oh yeah, we're yeah. buy the robes for each of us anyway. So we're going to put it on the gift card, and then with the gift card, you get a free wand, and they're all like worth $50, $60 each anyway. So we thought, okay, if we buy the uh, robes, we'll get a free wand. The only yeah. thing is you can only choose the ones that they have. By the entrance, there's another shop, and that's where you can go show your gift card. They have whatever it's left from the day you can choose from. So. Oh, wow. They had a couple of Death Eater wands left. Yeah. I'm like, nope, I'm out on that. <laughs> and I don't remember what the other one was. I was kind of hoping they had Fleur de la Cour's wand there. That yeah. would have been cool. Right. But I was also very happy um, that they had Ginny's wand left. So I chose uh, Ginny's oh. wand. Yeah. 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 And I, yeah. I just did mine like the birthday thing. You know, they tell they ask you your birth date and a couple different questions. They've got like a little sheet in Ollivander's where they'll say, oh, this is probably a good one for you. I didn't go get my actual, I don't know if you can do that or custom make or what the deal is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like there's so many different varieties that, yeah. Yeah. So they're kind of, I mean, I got that one. I was gifted the Harry Potter one. And then after that, I bought the Snape one because it was interactive and we're going to Universal. Yeah. Like, you know, that's it. That's it. And then last year, the New York store and the Harry Potter store in New York, like they came out with the oh. Hogwarts one. So I had to buy that. Uh-huh. And then um, I just got a special edition cauldrons one. So, that's um, awesome. but I'm like, it could get addicting. So I'm like, no, that's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I see so many people who have like who collect the full set and have them displayed really nicely in their yeah. rooms and stuff. Oh, it looks so. Awesome. It looks awesome. And and that store, I want to go. I, at some point, I've been wanting to go actually to the New York store. And me too. Yeah. We're already um 
chatting a little bit here away, but to end the chapter, we're all sleepy. We can, it's almost like we're dragging ourselves to the dormitories and we're getting led by mm-hmm. Percy, who's like, you know, so happy he's in his element. He's oh, yeah. the prefect, leads the first years to their room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and then we go up, like, it's almost like endless staircases. And, imagine- and they're moving. <laughs> yeah. Imagine you're super tired. And you just have to go, either you're a Ravenclaw or you're Gryffindor. You just have to go up and up and up and up. <laughs> and by the end, like, once they get there, they're so tired, they barely can even talk. So they all fall into their very cozy-looking uh, beds. And then Harry drifts into a dream that he doesn't remember the next morning, but it's pretty significant. So, um... He was wearing Professor Quirrell's turban, he himself. Yeah. Which kept talking to him, telling him he must transfer to Slytherin at once because it was his destiny. Harry told the turban he didn't want to be in Slytherin. It got heavier and heavier. He tried to pull it off, but it tightened painfully. And there was Malfoy, laughing at him as he struggled with it. Turned into the hook-nosed teacher, Snape, whose laugh became high and cold. There was a burst of green light and Harry woke, sweating and shaking. This is so full of, like... Foreshadowing? Yeah, foreshadowing. foreshadowing mm-hmm. yeah. There's some theories going around, and I know, like, Swish and Flake is one of them who came up with it, that Harry is a fear. We have Harry wearing wearing the turban, which represents Voldemort. It's, he is, basically, in him, too. And then, who tells him, you know, is this, this is his possibly like Slytherin side also talking to him and then he, he tells him no I don't want to be in Slytherin and this is what Dumbledore always tells him like you chose you chose it your, yep yeah your own destiny yeah. and it, this is a theme that comes back later he also makes clear to Harry Tom Riddle chose you it's because you he chose you is why you are his worst enemy is why the Prophecy came true and everything. It's the choice, right? And then the green light obviously stands for the killing curse. So there's a lot in here. So what do you think? Uh, I want to know. Do you think there's there is some seer qualities in Harry? Yeah, I don't know. What do you think, Angelina? I think so. I mean, with his dreams, I mean, this dream's pretty telling of like what's to come. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I I think so. Yeah, because it does it. it it's sort of, um, I mean, you could go either way. That's the, that's the, uh, why it's, it's so well written there is that you could, you could say that, uh, it's warnings or it's, uh, as Angelina said, things to come. And, uh, we know that it is like, and, and as you read along, you're like, wow, okay, there's, there's a lot going on there. Uh, or is it something, you know, the mind is putting, it's real specific though. That's the thing is about it. It's not like it's a bunch of abstract, weird things. It's very specific and it's very much important to the plot. So you think it kind of does indicate that there might be some ability to see into the future or something a little bit or some other power that's that's in his subconscious that is is helping him through. Part so. of me always wants to argue that seeing is really a quality that only certain people have because why, why would you even make it a subject at Hogwarts and try to teach it if only certain people have the ability to do it you know like i want to disagree with that i want to challenge that a little bit and say like yeah everyone has like because you have magical blood and just like the magical powers within you can really like there's a different range or different different ways to express that there's also different ways of of that side of you know like 
foreseeing that yeah it doesn't have to be a little bit some more than others yes but there is that talent in everybody who is yeah if that makes sense so and because harry is so there's so many things new things that really overstimulate harry and his like that's what we do in dreams right we we kind of our brain processes it Mm -hmm. his brain is also stimulated with all these things in his history i know it's going a little bit too far here maybe but no um it's definitely something i i mean the brain itself is a big mystery so yeah had all those brains at the department of um mysteries didn't they good yeah they're all just uh, studying the brain this is an awesome connection Yeah, I mean, I think you're like, they teach the subject there. So it's like, there's a possibility that on some level, everyone can access a bit of it. And, you know, I mean, it's just something that you can tap in. Some are better, some are worse. I mean, you talk about legitimacy, right? Yeah. And then the ability to to use that. Could you do it? Can you learn it? They're trying to teach uh, Harry how to defend against it, all that stuff. Or is it something more, is that more like a gift that's passed down depending on bloodlines or whatever? Or is it more... You know, who knows? It's, it's the mystery of, of magic and stuff like that. But I think you're right that there's something to them teaching it. And Trelawney's there. They have a course on it. So um, yeah. just like in any class, you know, you go and some people, like you said, are better at it than others. And it's just, you know, maybe just weeds out the, the few that are going to be good at it. And just, you know, like some people might take to it more than others. But we all have a little bit of that in us, I think. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Just, just like some people... Everyone has to take math. Some people get it a little quicker and some just need more explanation and break it down and make it more accessible to them because mm-hmm. we have different parts of our brains that are stronger than others. Sure. So, but it's still accessible for most to, to and oh, yeah. understand the concept of most, you know, basic mathematical equations. Functions, functions, yeah. 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 Sorry. I'm not a math person, so I wouldn't know what the right terminology is there. But uh, yeah, no, I think it's interesting. Anytime there's a dream or there's something like that at the end of the chapter, it's important. You're supposed to cue in on it. Think about it. And I think originally, yeah, this was a lot of people's conversation is what is is there something special about, especially later, by you get to the third book, you get that there's something special about dreams and seeing and uh, Trelawney and that whole that whole conversation will come up again. But it's interesting that it's here in the first book and we sometimes overlook it because it's right mm-hmm. there. It's just a dream, whatever. But um, yeah, definitely Tiffany over at Swish and Flick, uh, really hardcore looked at yeah, that exactly. and is a big believer. So <laughs> I love it. Yeah, but that's the fun of going back and rereading because you, you, you're always going to find stuff you missed the first time. So, yep. Yeah. And yeah. Making connections, filling the gaps. That's always fun. Yes. Right. And you get through the whole thing and you're like, let me start over. And then that, like you said, that's where all the connections start coming together. Yeah. Yeah. Goodness gracious. All right. Deep and sweaty, like literally because I'm sweating over here. Oh, I'm sweating. I'm Lottie had my, uh, yeah, she, uh, earlier I had my scarf on and oh, okay. she, she threw my scarf on and I mean, it just caught it around <laughs> your neck. It's like, I'm sweating. Like, I don't know if I can, you know, we got real deep and sweaty this chapter. So it's good. And so and we bring Angelina on here and she's like, it's just really cool to have another perspective and have somebody else like give their thoughts on the chapter and like sort of elevate the conversation we say yes i really appreciate you having me on today this was the highlight of my summer oh it was just great i mean really for us though like that this has been a new thing actually angelina is like the i mean we had our friends on but you're like the first guest who we 
know, we get to know another Potter friend and we get to like hang out. And, and now it's just, it's just really cool. Cause I feel like we can share things um, in terms of like memes or funny things or stuff about Harry Potter or whatever. I mean, shoot, we'll probably be at the park at the same time sometime. We'll have to do a hangout. You know what I mean? I hope so. I mean, yeah, like, you know, I I wanted to go to the camp this this year, but oh yeah. Wasn't able to make it, but like next year I'm like definitely gonna try. But yeah. Any you guys come out to California Universal Disneyland? Oh gosh, I was almost there for Star Wars celebration and they'll be back there sooner than you know. That's yeah, and I'll be back to do that and then swing over and, and check out, uh, you know, stuff over that Universal. Yeah, because it's cool. I, I, I love it over there. And so you had to come to Disneyland and get an at, at popcorn bucket. Oh, gosh, that'd be nice. <laughs> that would be sick. Yeah, we actually were going to go down in uh, in Florida and just didn't get, didn't get a chance. We'll go at some point and have to I need to go see Galaxy's Edge and all that stuff. So I mean, obviously, that's been a on the bucket list of trips too, you know disney world universal out in florida so yeah, yeah. one day one day yeah <laughs> all right well hey uh thanks again angelina and i'm gonna uh put a link down here again to you guys go follow her over on instagram slytherin reading room make sure you follow her and i just because i love seeing you got the birthday cake over there and you read a lot of different books and just uh <laughs> it's you're well read i'll say that Thank very you. well read uh, which is cool. I mean, because I'm always looking for I do a lot of different uh, projects and podcasts where I read a lot of different things. And sometimes I'm like, yeah, I got to read it again. I got it, whatever. And I do like to take a break sometimes and just go check out something brand new because you never know what's out there. And I'm a big believer in literature, getting kids to read more books, uh, audiobooks, whatever it takes. It's so fun. And uh, so, yeah, that's really cool. So be sure to go check out uh, Angelina there. And uh, and thanks. thanks. All right, friends. Well, hey, thanks for enduring all of the ups and downs and the peaking and the different audio dynamics, whatever you want to call it. Whatever that was, if you are still here listening, send us a message. And I feel like maybe we can get some, I don't know, some some graphic design, little artwork, a little thank you uh, something. If you reach out and follow us on Instagram, we would maybe be able to do that for you. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I do know a, a design witch. Uh, because I just can't believe you're still here listening to this episode after after all of that. Like, oh, God yeah. bless you. Thank and you so much. Really, thank you. And and thanks to Angelina for coming on and doing all of that. It was yeah, it was wonderful during the recording. I had such a good time. It was so cool. We got we got off. We were so pumped. You yes. know what I mean? It was just yeah. such a cool yeah. experience. And then to look over and you're like. There's no audio track for me. I this is like, like the nightmare for every podcaster, nightmare. especially when you have a guest especially and they make you, time yeah. for you in their calendar yeah, yeah, and yeah, squeeze yeah, yeah. it in for you. And yeah, yeah, just know that we would always. I just wanted uh, to cry. <laughs> I did. I think I did cry <laughs> a little bit, but uh, I was, it was totally my fault. I mean, I, I uh, again, it's something new, something we've never done it that way. And it's actually the perfect way to do it. Uh, to have a guest on, it's just you have to turn the second microphone on. <laughs> like, I mean, like, I'm used to just only turning my one on, and it's just wild. So, anyways, again, I know, kind of went a little long on, on uh, you know, apologizing for that. But, again, thank thank you guys so much. And if you are a guest in the future, we've got it all ironed out now. So, thanks to Angelina for kind of getting us through that. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Fool. So, future guests, you can thank Angelina because right. we've got it all figured it out now. All right. There we go. So. All right, friends. Well, that's all for this week. We will be back with an extendable ear edition. Thanks for tuning in to Shell Cottage Radio 94.7 COZY. We hope you'll join us in the future. We thoroughly enjoy meeting new positive Potter people that don't behave like bambling, bumbling bands of baboons. Baboons! 
If you don't want to miss out on the next episode, be sure to subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review and follow us over on social media at Fleur and Bill. Yeah, especially check out our YouTube page because we're kind of uploading some shorts there. Yep, if you're interested in uh, hearing how powerful Professor McGonagall is, Go check it out. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's Pot- actually Harry Potter Hangout. Harry Potter Hangout, but we house the Shell Cottage Radio exactly. uh, podcast over there. And who knows what it's going to turn into. Hogwarts Legacy is coming out, some streaming, yes. some hangouts, all the good stuff. So, so excited. Yeah. By the way, by the way, people. Oh, oh but um, we have an extended in- uh, outro. <laughs> I know. <laughs> this I is just, like curveball after curveball over here. What's going on? I just wanted to mention it's uh, in four months. 22 days and three hours is Christmas. Just for oh. our uh, Instagram people who love Christmas and are also excited for Christmas oh season. Oh my gosh, I'm excited because we'll have Hogwarts Legacy and we can like sip yep. cocoa and, and watch Harry Potter. Yes, that's exactly why I thought of that because gosh. of Hogwarts Legacy. <laughs> okay. so excited. No, cool. yeah. All right, next time we will discuss chapter eight of Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Falaf- Stone. Falafel? <laughs> Harry Potter and the Falafel Stone, the Potions Master. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to leave that in Are there. you going to leave? Okay. So definitely don't miss out on next week's episode. Again, thanks for joining Blur's Book Club and their little shell cottage today. We know it's not much, but it's home. Almost forgot. Almost forgot. <laughs> Turn the lights off. Right. Just not all the way on the podcast, you know, like my biology teacher, <sighs> Mr. Nichols, yeah. here in the states when I was uh, here for a year, mm-hmm. he always would be like so excited to show us some YouTube videos and TEDx talks, and he would always be so excited and just like the student who would sit next to the light switch, he would always be like, "Get the lights! Go get the lights! Somebody knocks that light switch." <laughs> wild <laughs> all right i just remembered that that's funny okay enough okay. stories and we're out mic drop please don't drop the mics <laughs>